Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. True thing. A lot of alcohol stolen from Newfields, and Mike Lindell is going to tell us how awesome his pillows are. <laughs> Plus, Casey, we are literally dictating public policy now yeah. at various government entities across the state of Indiana. We'll get into that coming up as well. It is Kendall and Casey. That's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there too. Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on YouTube if you type in Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar. All right, let's talk about what's going on with uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams <laughs> and his sanctuary city. Isn't this great? So uh, you have seen this in Chicago. You've seen this in New York. You've seen this in Washington, D.C., where all of these uh, uber-liberal meccas for years and years and years, especially after Trump got elected, orange man bad, mm-hmm. uh, kids in cages, he's a war criminal, uh, civil you know civil rights, constitutional right violator, uh, military tribe, you know these just just ridiculous insanity from these people, and because they knew the border was largely secured, obviously still issues, but certainly not like what we're seeing today, it was easy for them to go. We are sanctuary city. We would love to have these poor illegal immigrants who are just coming here for a better life. So under Biden, who has made it very clear that they're doing as little as possible to stop the flow of illegal immigration because the Democrat Party wants mass illegal immigration because they see them as reliable Democrat voters, the next generation who these people give birth to in this country who will become citizens. Mm -hmm will be largely relying upon the government and will when we'll vote Democrat. So what these border governors have said, whether it's Texas or Florida or Arizona, is, okay, you want them. Here you go, sanctuary cities. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yep. Have fun. Yeah. Okay, well, now Eric Adams, he's saying that the influx of all the thousands of migrants will bring a, quote, financial tsunami. <laughs> what? Uh, you're telling me, Casey, that if you take tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. who enter your city with no, uh, with limited education, huge language barrier, limited skill set to be able to earn a living, and you just drop those people into into cities that... That might be a strain. Well, here's the deal. All of these departments are slashing their budget to accommodate all these new arrivals who are getting free education, free health care, free housing, free to them. Of course, somebody's yes. paying for it. And, and, the, and the crazy thing about this is that, that the and the great thing about this is the sanctuary city mayors are totally in a box on this because for years and years and years, they flapped their gums. And when they finally got called on their bullcrap, well, they can't just send them back. Mm-hmm. 
They've got to they've got to try to take care of them. And now the people of these cities are livid because they're saying, look, you're treating these illegal immigrants better than you're treating us. Yeah. And, and now Eric Adams is saying that it's it's a crisis. It's going to destroy New York City. And he called uh, Abbott from Texas a madman. Why is he a madman? He's been his entire state has been dealing with this, not just one city. So he was on uh, one of the. Uh, award-winning talk shows over the weekend. Was this Meet the Press? He was on, it doesn't matter. Anyway. MSNBC. Yeah, he was on MSNBC, even worse. Uh, and he <laughs> and he actually got asked a question about, hey, what about the hypocrisy? I mean, a random, confused, accidental act of journalism breaking out over there. And, you know, the hypocrisy of you guys saying for years you wanted to be a sanctuary city, now complaining about illegal immigration. And listen, Casey, to him try to worm his way out of this one. Because critics on the right have noted that New York City is a sanctuary city, and this migrant crisis comes with that territory. What do you say to those who think uh, you relinquish your right to complain about the stresses it places on your city because of that? Well, I, I think that those comments coming from those far right Trump like Republicans who are continue to try to distort the reality uh, that uh, we do not have real immigration reform, uh, that we should allow a true decompression strategy, uh, protect our borders in the right way and make sure that when you look at this city, the status of uh, right to shelter of uh, no one who created this uh, decades ago uh, took into account that we were talking about uh, hundreds of thousands of people potentially coming to coming to the city. Oh, so when we said we wanted illegal immigrants, we, there's no way we could have known it would be this many. So what was the number? 10, 15, 1,500, 1,000? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what was your number that you were okay being a sanctuary city for? Right, but now that it's up to a $12 billion price tag and 100,000 people, that's when it's too far. And here, And he is so full of it. And these other sanctuary cities and states are so full of it when they go say, we need comprehensive immigration reform. No, we don't. We had comprehensive immigration reform in 1986. 19, and this is why you can never trust the government. You always get the bull crap and you never get the stuff. In 1986, it was called Simpson-Mazzoli was the name of the bill. Ronald Reagan was the president. So pox on everybody's houses here. Ronald Reagan agreed to provide amnesty to 2 million Two million illegal immigrants in exchange for dun, 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 a secure border. That's how long they've been lying to us about securing the border. The literal legislation that was passed in 1986 called for in exchange for legalizing these poor immigrants who was no fault of their own, a secure border. That was 37 years later, and you have more people flooding across this border than ever before. This is what government always does. You can't trust them. That's why you should never make deals. August was the busiest month ever for apprehensions of migrant families crossing the border with children from Mexico. But I don't get Eric Adams because one day he sounds like he's tiptoeing into the waters of telling Biden, hey, we need help. You got to stop this. And then the next day, he turns around and he starts saying it's right wing Trumpers. Which is it, Eric Adams? Because I think when he when he's speaking the common sense stuff, I think you're hearing the real him. Mm. But if you are a Democrat politician, especially in a city like New York, you are not going to get away with 
saying, wow, we're all in this together and we've all made mistakes and we all have to fix it. That doesn't fly. It always has to be Trump's fault. It always has to be the Republicans' fault. It always has to be uh, all, always the conservatives' fault. And they're always radical. Casey, if you want a secure border now, you are a radical right winger. Mm. Do you realize that? I, well, if you if you say, hey, call me radical, we should probably be aware of who's who's coming in mm-hmm. and out of this country. And mm-hmm. this solution is not hard to solve. And I heard this years ago. Friend of the show, Michael Munger, told me this mm-hmm. when he was running for governor of North Carolina. And we we have him on the show all the time. He's a very famous economist from Duke, a professor at Duke University. And we were talking about immigration. And he said, the solution is very simple. It's a big wall with a very wide gate. Mm-hmm. And I have always thought that for years and years and years, that was the perfect way to describe what our country should be. We should have a very secure border where we absolutely know who is coming in to our country and making sure that it it is people who actually want to be a part of this country, want to assimilate in this country. But we should be very generous in letting people who actually want to learn the language, Mm -hmm. want to respect and revere American institutions and customs, want to, you know, go to school, want to have an education, want to contribute to our society. We should be very welcoming to those people, but we absolutely have the right to know and keep out people who don't who don't fit that description? Yeah, uh, who are just lounging on the streets, sleeping in the gutter, waiting for a free handout. You know who did build a big wall or tried anyway? Donald Trump. He was in Iowa over the weekend. Did you see the reaction? It was amazing. It was Elvis was in the building. <laughs> so it was the uh, I the Iowa State Cyclones and the Iowa Hawkeyes had their big game. Yes, and that's how you campaign in Iowa. Like Donald Trump did. If you have not, Go to the game. If you have not seen this. So he goes to some fraternity mm-hmm. before the before the game, yeah. and it's a, like an agriculture fraternity. And the place, you would think with a group of college kids, you would say, well, this is a pretty, um, a pretty risky maneuver here. But he walks in there, and that place just, I mean, it's, it looks like hundreds of yep. co- college kids, and it erupts in applause, and then he goes to the, the the game and now of course the media there's like a handful of people that are flipping him off at the game and of course the media goes he mix, was booed yeah, mixed reaction for yeah. Trump no no you could he could barely even walk through the crowd people were just getting so close to him and if you are like DeSantis or you are you know I don't know who the other players you would say in Iowa or Tim Scott you know I guess Pence whatever you have to look at that and go what what are we even doing here well DeSantis was there as well and he went to a tailgate thing hosted by the Iowa State Wrestling Club. But a whole bunch of people Not quite the reaction that Trump, Trump got from Alpha Gamma Rho, the fraternity. That's true. <laughs> people um, were in like Trump hats and shirts. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, man. I just uh, look, I get that that the votes, the only vote that will count is the caucus in January. But it's like if you're looking at that, you got to be saying to yourself, what what how do we how do we react to this maybe all of our voters are just quiet people that aren't enthusiastic like that and every vote counts the same but uh i don't know donald trump was in uh, south dakota on friday before he went to iowa on saturday and he was giving a speech and he was ranting about this group that is trying to get him banned from the presidential ballot in colorado yeah there, there, so there is a concerted effort in these states with Democrat secretaries of state, they're swing states, mm-hmm. not a coincidence. It's uh, it's Colorado, it's Michigan, it's Pennsylvania, there are others. 
where you are seeing a New Hampshire is one of them where they are attempting. I mean, it's a bizarre thing through the 14th Amendment to try to keep him off the ballot. Now, ultimately, that's probably going to fail. They've admitted it's probably going to fail, but they're not stopping. And this should scare the hell out of everyone that they are literally trying to keep a guy a citizen of this country mm-hmm. from running for president of the United mm-hmm. States. Yep, and he was uh, talking about that on his Truth Social. I thought this was worthy of a reading, and for those of you new to the program, we, uh, from time to time, will read the president's thoughts on Truth uh, Social Media. We, uh, we, I read them in the voice that I picture in his head as he is pecking them out with his thumbs uh, from his cellular telephone. And I don't know if you know about this, Casey, but I once interviewed the president. Mm-hmm. It was a great dream. He said it, he, his words. He wished all interviews were like that. Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I knew what was going on. <laughs> I was really terrific. I mean, his words, not mine. Mm-hmm. I did. I would never say that about myself. That was what Trump said about about me. And so as a tribute to that, we play the background music as Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. All right. Did I properly explain that? You got it. Let's go. And I, <laughs> the group suing me in Colorado to ridiculously try and unconstitutionally keep me off the ballot. I am leading against the sanctimonious by almost 50 points mm-hmm. and beating Crooked Joe Big is Trump deranged crew composed of many slime balls and groups like Norm Essens through Brookings or just security Andrew Weissman Joyce Vance et al. Nobody knows who any of those people are but mm-hmm. he felt the need to name them. Mm-hmm. They are perhaps illegally working with Weissman acolyte Lisa Monaco at Injustice. I have been beating them for years including impeachments. <laughs> Mega! <laughs> Triple exclamation point. Well, he's naming names, <laughs> right? <laughs> These aren't the usual suspects of names that we hear from him. No. He's got a whole new group of people to call out. And then he threw a football and the crowd cheered. It, it's uh, Sometimes his, his truths or whatever they're called are a little hard to read, as we've talked about Casey, because mm-hmm. he will, uh, like, he will either not put a letter there like it should be is a Trump deranged crew he just puts is Trump deranged crew Mm -hmm. and then he'll like have commas in the wrong spot or it's just he really need he would make this it would make it so much easier if he would just (laughs) just it would help me read them if he would just take proper steps to ensure the gr- the grammar like just maybe a he quick- needs to do it for you yeah he just needs a proofreader or sure. something it would be very easy sure Casey, does. when we come back yeah uh we decided uh because as we know even though we're told no one listens we know everyone listens to tackle a topic that was very obscure uh over the past couple weeks that no one was talking about and it is that Stop It app yep. that kids across central Indiana are now being exposed to via the public school system. And there are all sorts of questions about this thing related to transparency and mm-hmm. accountability. Mm-hmm. And what do you know, Casey? Yeah. The Stop It app has now shown up on a government agenda item mm-hmm. tonight. Don't let anybody tell you we don't decide what gets talked about. <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 
It's an app that empowers students to anonymously report school safety issues. It is 1125. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're talking about the Stop It app. It's also something where if a student feels like they're facing a personal crisis or they're being bullied or having mental health concerns or they're being harassed violently or sexually or there's some sort of substance abuse, all of these things can be reported anonymously on this Stop It app, which schools are recommending that students download. Yeah, and so look, we have now done, so this was a totally obscure thing. There wasn't like some big article, you know, in various publications. It wasn't like school corporations were sending out press releases. This is, this Stop It app will be the greatest thing ever and it will help your children and we're having, uh, you know, meetings about it to inform the public. Mm -hmm. The thing just showed up. Yeah. And we were getting a lot of uh, notices on this show from people who have kids across central Indiana, it's very school districts saying, what the hell is this thing? What do you know about it? What can you tell? And I said, I don't know anything about it. I don't have a kid in public school yet. So I'll look into it and I'll learn. And, you know, we had uh, Kristen Furklick yeah, on. Yeah, Kristen Furklick on, and she raised a lot of very interesting questions. For those of you who may not remember, she's kind of a uh, taxpayer advocate. She does a lot of research about you know government, especially school, school public policy. And she raised a, a whole bunch of really good questions about this app. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest question for me remains the lack of transparency on exactly where it goes, who interprets mm-hmm. the complaint? Because we all have a vested interest in, hey, Cindy is Billy being bullied by Susie, and Cindy is very afraid that Susie is about to take it to the next level, and it's not, you know, the sort of, you know, bullying that we experienced as kids or whatever, and somebody needs to intervene and stop the thing, and Susie's not comfortable talking publicly. But... And, and that's all well and good. Or, you know, hey, Joey is having suicidal thoughts and I need to report that so somebody intervenes and helps Joey. We all should be on the side of that and let's help kids. The problem is, where does it go and what's the vetting process mm-hmm. for I've gone to public school and I've been indoctrinated to be super liberal and my dad is super conservative and likes Trump and F that guy. And now I'm going to call and say, I'm super scared. My dad has all sorts of guns in the house and somebody needs to intervene because he's a madman. Like sure. what, what's the, and nobody has an answer for that. We had Lael Hill, who's a, who's a great woman and mental health, uh, America of Hendricks County on who, you know, I think largely supports the idea of the app or at least the kids having access to be able to do this. She didn't have the answers to that either. And so what you've got now is this thing that nobody's talking about other than us. Mm -hmm. And there's all these unanswered questions about this thing that your kids now have access to if they go to these many, many public school systems across central Indiana and parents and taxpayers, because the Stop It app is not running a soup kitchen. It's being funded somehow. And the fact that schools are using it mean we're involved as taxpayers. We have the right to know where's this going? Yep. What are the safeguards? Mm-hmm. Who's getting it? Mm-hmm. Is the school getting access to this? I mean, let's face it. If somebody made a complaint against Rob Kendall, that's going to be treated differently in, say, Brownsburg schools if the school system gets access to it than if it's... Um, 
obscure person who is a part of the Brownsburg Education Foundation. Yeah, well, these students are supposed to be able to report anonymously, but that is the concern about privacy and then in turn retaliation. And I blame, and I was, you know, we talked with Layla about this too. The blame rests on the Browns, on Brownsburg schools, the other school systems who have this because they've lost the trust of Mm -hmm. the parents. Mm -hmm. We've seen too many lies, too many manipulations, too many deliberate deceptive behavior from these school systems. I mean, look at the video that came out where Mm -hmm. they caught the the administrators on tape saying, yeah, we we do the DEI, but we're not going to call it that because we don't want parents to know. So I'd love nothing more than to say, boy, this is totally just to help kids who are in, in need, and this is great, but Everything these public school systems do now seems to be nefarious mm-hmm. and have a secondary motive. And we, as usual, are the show that everyone listens to. And whether, you know, we're always talking, nobody listens to you guys. Well, apparently they do because Casey. Yeah. As I look at an <laughs> app that you'd heard nothing about, that no one was talking about, that wasn't publicized at all. There wasn't there was, like an article in Indie Star, nothing. Uh, item four. Uh, Section D mm-hmm. of the Brownsburg School Board meeting tonight. Oh, let's see. What's it say there? Oh, oh. stop it report. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh darn it, Casey. That's probably just a big giant coincidence yeah. that we put that out on this radio show that no one listens to. And all of a sudden it ends up an agenda item yeah. at the school board meeting. Now, if places like Brownsburg actually cared about being transparent, they wouldn't do it at a school board meeting where it's a fait accompli. You've got four super liberals up there and some lady's going to give a canned report that's going to make this thing look good. They'd actually, the superintendent there and these other school corporations would step up and have a community meeting where anybody can come, mm-hmm. ask whatever questions they want, and let's actually get some answers. Well, and that's what Lael Hill was alluding to, that, hey, we need to have the parents in the school come together, hash this out, discuss it. But it can't be a big kumbaya moment because that has already passed us by. The second they started kicking parents out of school board meetings, yes. the second that they stopped being transparent, that's not going to fly anymore. The schools have blown the trust, and look, they don't care. I mean, that's the bottom line. They don't they don't care about your trust. They don't care about transparency. So they're going to give this report tonight, and it's going to be about something like how many lives we saved mm-hmm. or how many interventions were done. And they're not going to actually answer the, the the very valid questions. Believe it or not, Casey, on this one. I'm open to hearing and saying, boy, this is a good thing and we need to have it. Yeah. I'm not being facetious. I'm not being flippant when I say that. On paper, it sounds like a great idea. It does. However, I know how the schools have operated. I know how the government has operated. And nobody has been able to provide me an answer on who gets the information, who decides this is a valid complaint, and what the action becomes based on the complaint itself. And until you give that information out and provide a detailed a detailed accounting for it and you can prove it that's the most important thing then i'm not on board with this because you've blown the trust in this relationship you are listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc good morning well he's facing some financially devastating lawsuits but that hasn't slowed mike lindell down it is 11:38. it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc so this is the my pillow guy right he's doing these depositions but in the middle of a deposition he had time to go on a podcast and shill some of his products so he was he so mike lindell is being sued by dominion mm-hmm. over you know the voting the thing he said about their voting machines yep. etc very similar to fox news blah 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 
Is that a defamation suit? Yes. Yeah. And and so this is actual audio of Mike Lindell because he gets challenged on his pillows by I guess this is the attorney for Dominion. Uh-huh. And this is just the greatest thing in the history of ever. Okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay, that when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an hole. You got that? You're an hole. Is what you are. Like no, that. he's an. No, he's an ambulance chasing. That's what you are. The lumpy pillows kiss my. Put that in your book. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go, or they call about, um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. But we'll cover them even though it could be somebody else's fault. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. <laughs> A good, good one, though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. What I'm saying. Obviously, is, you don't have a my pillow, too. <laughs> you don't, do you? What I'm saying is, Mr. Lindell. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm pissed. I understand. Yeah, go. When you're saying what? Don't you dare call the my pillow lumpy. It makes me want to go buy one. I know. I don't even it? care if they're they work or whatever. I just want to go buy one. That's one fancy fancy <laughs> pillow. He is so offended by that. That's his product. He is proud of that. It doesn't say anything about the Dominion voting systems. It's all about his pillow. Can you imagine if that got out in his commercials? <laughs> Because he presents himself as a very, you know, soft, likable Christian man. And then there he is. Hey. Calling look, some guy. Uh, look, in a weird way, don't you admire the guy even more, though, because he's so willing to go to bat for his product? Like, he's being sued. I don't know how much money he's being sued for. But, you know, financially, it would have a huge impact potentially mm-hmm. on him. And he's hung up on the phrase lumpy, <laughs> lumpy. lumpy pillow. It's not a lumpy pillow. Okay, let's talk about what Senator Bill Cassidy, this guy's a Republican from Louisiana, right? Uh-huh. He said elected officials should disclose their health records in a similar fashion to how a presidential candidate releases their tax okay but then but then uh, in the same breath he says this about how mitch mcconnell has handled freezing up twice Mm -hmm. by the way i think mitch mcconnell's handled it perfectly (laughs) his doctor is releasing not just the test but the results of the test Mm. and and with that there is a transparency that allows people to move beyond a number how old is the person into what is actually the kind of science if you will the medical science of how to evaluate and and i think that should be the standard that folks are held to and i think he's responded you feel like you've got enough information Um, from senator mcconnell you do you i mean you feel like you're getting an honest assessment here i do okay Um, the doctor is not lying he's saying these are the tests that we've done and this Mm -hmm. is the results we have by the way i also have the advantage of seeing not just a clip of him during 20 seconds but him before and him after and there he's quite clearly what do you mean the the super powerful government guy's doctor personal doctor would never lie (laughs) he's He's dehydrated. Oh, my gosh. He handled it perfectly. These people are just the worst. When they asked Mitch McConnell about that, he didn't answer. He just said the doctor gave you the answer, and that's what we're sticking with. All right. When we come back, Casey, <laughs> we got to take a break. Mm-hmm. There was a big robbery at Newfelds, mm-hmm. and $15,000 of alcohol has gone missing, and yeah. we have to ponder the question, who the hell steals $15,000? $15,000! Where's the party? Tell us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Yeah.
Kendall and Casey show. And Rob, I don't know if you saw this report. $15,000 worth of alcohol was stolen from Newfields yesterday. Uh, yes, and this really, this really grabbed my attention, Casey, because it's not like, well, there's three beers that are missing. Right. There's $15,000 worth. And, and so I was, as I'm reading through this story, so I'm thinking to myself, your pool of people who could have been involved, mm-hmm. probably somewhat limited. Pretty small. I mean, don't they know who went in and out of the museum? Yes. And, 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 and again, it's even if the person in question, like, you would probably need a large truck of some sort to move $15,000. $15,000 worth of booze. So, right. So you would have to say to yourself, either it is someone in the, you know, the sphere of people who work there who was able to exit from the premises mm-hmm. under cover of darkness, or it's like an inside job at the bank. Yeah. You know, they knew how to get the stuff in and out, and someone else was involved in, right. the, in the heist. Yeah, because they almost, it's like they had to have a truck pull up to the loading dock, right? <laughs> We're just going to start shoving this booze in this truck. Now, they say that they suspect, they have two possible suspects, uh, a man and a woman. <laughs> No kidding. Well, that really narrows it down. Well, yeah, that narrows it down. But imagine those people. They're having one hell of a party. Well, it's fascinating because, of course, Newfields is um, basically it's the Indianapolis Museum of Art. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself as I'm reading through this story, how much, you know, I obviously work in the alcohol industry, serve drinks. And I have thought to myself before What's the street value on all of this yeah. alcohol? Behind the bar. Behind the bar, sure. in the cooler, in the freezer. I don't, I can't imagine it's anywhere near $15,000. Yeah. And we have a crap ton of alcohol, yeah. which tells you how much alcohol is on uh, available at Newfield. Yeah, they've got it stocked. Huh? I mean, that's a lot of boxes. And I'm curious, is it high-end stuff? Is it like the good tequila, or is this Tito's? Now, I don't... Hey, now, you be careful talking about Tito's there, Casey. That's a pretty popular... uh, It is. It uh, is. But, I mean, there's a difference between a $200 bottle of tequila and a $30 bottle of tequila. Okay, so this should be, and as you said, they have suspects. Mm -hmm. This should be a pretty easy catch... I mean, if you're so when somebody robs a bank, a lot of times it's a guy in a mask, and Mm -hmm. we've got to try to determine who the person was. If you're robbing the new fields of 15 grand of alcohol, did you come in in ski masks? I mean, (laughs) how did they get in? It should be a pretty easy piece together by the by the IMPD. Yeah, no, maybe they were wearing berets because they were at an art museum. (laughs) I don't know. I don't care at art about all at all. But now that I know there's 15 grand of alcohol, you want to go? Yeah, I'm much more interested. I didn't know you could have a cocktail while you're walking around. Well, I mean, would you? When you need to be liquored up to get some sort of enjoyment out of looking at... <laughs> to go look at the art? Yeah. That, that. The works of arts? <laughs> Have you ever been to an art museum? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Uh, Chicago Museum has a famous pointillism painting. A from what? A pointillism from... What the hell is that? George Surratt. The uh, grand... You know what I'm... Where they take the... No idea. Yeah, and they just point and dot, 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 and in the end, it's a big painting. Wait, it's a painting of just dots? Well, when the dots all come together... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You remember when they oh, go to the museum? yeah. Why didn't you just say that? Uh, that. Okay, you know the big picture of the 
that they're looking at. Yeah. That's George Seurat. It's yeah. like Saturday in the Park. Sure. It's a famous painting. That's hanging in the Chicago Museum of Art. I, I can probably say I don't think I've ever been to an art museum. Ever? And I, and I, no. Why? 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 What possible reason would I have to go to an art museum? We have to get your appreciation for Absolutely art. Absolutely not. I appreciate it enough <laughs> as it is, Casey. Okay, one more story before we go. Uh, Michigan State suspending Mel Tucker. And here's the irony of this story. So, so real quick, Mel Tucker is the football coach yeah. at Michigan State. And one thing we need to point out in all of this, because I don't think this is a coincidence. So he was uh, he became the head coach in 2020, 2020 I think. Mm-hmm. And he has this phenomenal year. And Michigan State football had kind of been on the decline. And they give him, and this happens all the time. You know this in college football. Guy has great year, no track record. Hey, IU coach, another example. Mm-hmm. Let's give him a 93-year contract right. worth a gajillion dollars. Yeah. Well, Michigan State has pretty much been in the toilet since then. And there's a lot of people who think, boy, wouldn't it be convenient if they didn't have to pay this guy? Well, you got to come. You can, if you fire him, you got to pay him, unless it's for cause. Oh, and I didn't simply, even think about that. A crappy ass football team is not cause, but sexually harassing someone who was hired to speak to your football team about sexual harassment and sexually sexual misconduct issues. Well, that might be a reason. Casey. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So the guy is suspended without pay. Yes. For harassing the person they hired to come talk about sexual harassment. Uh, allegedly. Like, allegedly. Allegedly. Right. That's the one person yes. that you stay away from and you don't joke with. Yes. I mean, this is like a, uh, it, obviously, if it did happen, it's not funny, but it's like a Seinfeld episode, right? Like, mm-hmm. the one person you can't sexually harass is the person hired right. to come speak to the, the football team about sexual harassment. Now, here is my question for you, Casey. Okay. And I, 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 I'm not saying you would have any experience with this. I'm not saying you would know about this. <laughs> but allegedly, mm-hmm. one of the things they're saying he did was he had unwanted phone sex with right. this woman. Yes. Now, my question for you, Casey, mm-hmm. is if you didn't want it, just hang up. Yes, thank you. <laughs> right? Well, maybe this person let it keep going because they knew where it was headed and wanted to... I had an yes, axe to grind. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a lot of people are now tweeting out about this and saying, look, there's there appears to be more to this than meets the meets the eye. And the fact that Michigan State knew out about this long ago and then didn't suspend him until it became public. They had launched their mm-hmm. own investigation and they didn't suspend him until it made the news. And just the fact that Michigan State stinks and this guy's owed a, like seventy seven million dollars. Well, it's all all the pieces of the puzzle kind of seem to some people to be coming together. Yeah, so in his place, they're going to have somebody else coaching, right? Because he's sitting out. Yeah. He's on the sidelines. One of the defensive coaches, I think, is coaching. They're bringing the old coach, D'Antonio, back to be an associate head coach. My point on this, Casey, we see this all the time in position, people in positions of power. Mm -hmm. You are, first of all, I think the guy is married, so that's a big, like, no, no, because he Mm -hmm. asked her at one point, would you date me if I weren't married? So I'm drawing the conclusion he's married. Um, But- If you want to engage, if you're a powerful person and you want to engage in a relationship on the cellular telephone or otherwise Mm -hmm. with someone, Mm -hmm. there's an infinite number of people you could 
do that and would be happy to do that with. Because, you're the head coach yes. of MSU football. Stop choosing people that you're in some sort of working relationship <laughs> with. We see this all the time. If it were anybody else, you might be okay. Don't choose the person who was hired to ah! talk to the team about inappropriate sexual harassment. Maybe he was using it as an example. <laughs> like, team, this is what not to do. I still need to understand, though, how <laughs> phones, uh, he, like, how could you be, how could you force someone into having unwanted phone sex. Like, I mean, I couldn't hang up. I don't know about your phone, Casey, but it's a red button on my phone, uh-huh. and then it's over. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. We're over, too. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you for listening. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.